and welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, and at long last, after nearly a month's delay, we're finally going to get around to talking about the Marion Conspiracy from Big Finish. And... Uh, yeah, so I can say so we're we're both back. So yes. <laughs> that's what I should be saying, really. We're both back. So um, yeah, we do apologise for the uh, technical uh, the technical difficulties we we we've been having recently. Um, we we couldn't bring you our our usual fare. So um, thanks to um, thanks to James Rockcliffe from the um, Doc Two podcast for stepping in. At very short notice a few weeks ago and of course we also filled the uh, filled the dead air with with another uh, video podcast as well but hey we're, we're back we are back now so um as usual we we shall kick off with the news and um, unfortunately there's not an awful lot that we can cover because we've been away for so long it's not really news anymore is it to be honest no to be honest there wasn't that much there wasn't anyway no there was an awful lot of big finish news uh, that came out but you've all you've all seen that anyway so um we, we won't we won't go over old ground again um but something and we're not really interested in big finish on this podcast no not at all no no <laughs> later we'll be doing big finish <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we'll um yeah so we'll we'll skip that we'll skip that for the uh, this this time around however um one thing that sort of came you spotted this didn't you Paul come up on a on a twitter feed or something um was the the supposed confirmed list of directors now i don't know if this is actually gospel or not but we're, we're going what the hell we're going to talk about it anyway um yeah so apparently all all the, the directors for the 10 episodes of series 11 have, have, have been announced and we've got them listed here in order of episode actually so um sh- should we run through it yes yeah okay then so um first up well, episode 1 with Jamie Childs who's going to be directing the season opener. Now, Jamie Childs um, actually directed the little announcement trailer that was aired during Wimbledon last year. Um, so um, I wouldn't say he's got form with Doctor Who, but he has directed um, things like Stanley's Lucky Man, Vera on ITV, and Poldark, the, the massive juggernaut of a, of a series for BBC. So um looks like he's used to dealing with um, big, big, sort of what they call them, tentpole programmes. Really, so um, so next up for episodes two and three, we have a director called Mark uh, Tondarai, who I must admit I um, I think he's done something called Lucifer, which I've never. That's on Amazon, isn't it? I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I've, I've, I've never it, never so. watched it. No, and so, and no. Uh, so next up we have, um, and I do hope I'm pronouncing um, this person's name right. It's uh, Sally Aprahamian, um, who you've you've looked into a bit more, didn't you, Paul? Yeah, I was just looking back through. I mean, the usual sort of seem to be EastEnders and Casualty and whatever. Yeah. But was mention of This Life, which obviously is something from remember from when I was much younger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of your one of your um, favourite programs at the time, wasn't it? Mm. So, um, and uh, didn't you also mention El Dorado in there as well? Yes. Yeah, but probably less said about. Not, not as one of my favourite programs. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, swiftly moving on from El Dorado. Um, yeah, at episode five we have Jennifer Perro. Um, then um, at number six uh, we have Sally Abrahamian again. Number, uh, episode seven Jamie Childs comes in. Uh, then number eight Jennifer Perro again, and then episodes nine and ten uh, Jamie Childs uh, returns. I'm I'm kind of assuming there it must be a two-parter. If it's got the same director, 
Um, I'm assuming. Assume, assuming, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I presume they're being done in blocks and yeah, with one and seven being done together and two and three being done together and four and six being done together. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe, so, well, so you sort of have the same crew for those and. Well, what I, what I think is interesting that the, the the people that have been um, you know selected to direct of of not directed for Doctor Who before they've had no um, it doesn't appear to have any kind of science fiction uh, directing un- under their belt as it were. So um, no, but then I don't think many have have they really? No, I'm from, not sure. For, since I'm not it's sure. Come back. I don't think there's anyone who's particularly. I suppose the only one you could you could say would be well Rachel Talalay certainly has um, yeah. because she directed um, Tank Girl amongst other things. Um, I suppose you could say Graham Harper basically because uh, well he worked on Doctor Who before yeah in the old days so yeah I'm not too sure I'm not too sure really I've, I must have I haven't sort of looked too closely at the previous directors' um, CVs. If I'm perfectly honest, but uh, but, it's but quite I think a... they all seem to have come from the sort of EastEnders and casualty background more than the you know a I don't know because it's not really that much science fiction, well, but certainly on the BBC anyway. Well, yeah, yeah. So unless um, they're bringing in people that they haven't worked for the BBC before, then there's not really going to be a lot of opportunity to have done it. Well, there's there's um, there's a couple of things here that sort of you, you know you you could speculate on what what's going to come up in this in this series, and, and I'm glad that it, all it is is speculation. There's nothing really been confirmed at all at the moment. Um, yeah, which I'm I'm glad about. But it's either going to be sort of like Doctor is going to take a completely different direction, and that the maybe the sci-fi element is going to be possibly toned down somewhat, or these are directors that are. Have been champing at the bit for years to do something, yeah, sci-fi related, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I think it could. I think it's just going to. It's it's certainly very interesting. Certainly very interesting. So, actually, I've, I've just scanned through uh, Jennifer. Um, I think it's Perot or Perot. I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, I'm going for the French version. Jennifer Perot. Um, she's um, also directed. I've oh, only got a year to be able to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, she's also directed episodes of Doctors, which is a um, like a daily. I, th- yeah. I think it's like a soap opera thing on, on BBC, Home and Away, and um, that short-lived um, ITV. I don't know what, what the hell you could call it actually, Echo Beach, which it was like a some sort of soap opera thing, but then had an accompanying um, sort of like docu comedy drama thing that starred Ben right. Miller along with it as well sort of like a behind the scenes like director writer sort of thing so right. it, okay. it was a really bit of a, an odd a bit of a kind of odd bedfellows there it really was and um, needless to say it only lasted one series so there you are there you are no, but, no, uh, so passed me by as well yeah, well, the only sort of people I knew who, who were in it was uh, Johnny Briggs from. Um, he was famously played Mike Baldwin on Coronation Street, and um, I think was, I think and actually his name is Gwyneth Powell, who played Mrs. McCluskey in Grain Chill. Right. So, <laughs> who can also be seen in Man Down as well on on yes. Channel Four. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, so there we go. So that's really it. That's all we, we're going to talk about, like news wise, really, um, or, or that type of news. But um, whilst we've been away, there's. Um, 
There's been a few items of tat to talk about, and there's one that we missed on our last episode because we, we didn't yes. get to get, get to record it. So um, let's whip over now to Omega's tat corner. You pester me with trinkets. Right now, the um, the item of tat that we we actually posted on our Facebook group. This is proved long ago. We actually recorded it. It was actually on the 14th of April. Um, now I know this must have been discussed uh, elsewhere, and it's completely disappeared off the radar, but. Um, we we want to discuss it anyway. It's the Rose Tyler Series Four figure from Big Chief Studios. Um, now there were there were a lot of um, how can I put it? It wasn't taken very seriously at the time, was it? No, no, because um, I think we I think we exchanged a couple of texts um, over this, or and um, yeah, it's not the best likeness of Billy Piper ever, to be honest. <laughs> so. No. No, but if you want to complete your Slade figurine session, it is there, <laughs> isn't it? It is, because yeah, everybody... Um, it wasn't Actually, just us. You could us. even put a few strings down that, that gun, couldn't you? It would look like one of those glam rock guitars, <laughs> wouldn't it? Probably fits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it, it was a bit of a, a meme going around at the time that, that this figurine actually looks more like uh, Dave Hill from Slade. Um, than um, of those you don't know, Slade for, for our for our younger listeners, um, Slade were a um, early nineteen seventies glam rock band who were extremely popular, certainly in the UK. Say, anyway, say for our younger listeners and people who go away at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, this does bear more than a parcel resemblance um, to uh, to Dave Hill, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I, I must admit this. This one is sort of people. Most people have sort of scoffed at more than anything else, to be honest. So. Yeah. But especially when it says that the, the specifications on the website says it comes with one pair of flared trousers. That just seals the the Dave Hill credentials, <laughs> did it really? So. And the thing is that I can imagine Dave Hill would have called his guitar the Dimension Cannon as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And it's got eight interchangeable hands as well, which. All right. But um, A C D. Yeah. <laughs> Strum. <laughs> um. Yeah. Now. Um. The, the thing is that there's like a little a footnote. Um. On the on the the product description. And it says, uh, kindly note that the moulded hair will have some minor moulding imperfections in places. These are present across the run and as such were unable to swap or replace the heads. Now, um, that was okay if you were only paying like a couple of quid for it. If I was if yeah. I was paying a couple of quid, I was got a couple of imperfections in it. But um, they are asking, um, including VAT or, or tax as they say elsewhere, it's £209.99. Yes. Yeah. Now, I know this is um, limited edition. Um so yeah. But even so, if it's a limited edition and you're paying nearly damn near two hundred and ten quid, you want it to be bloody perfect. And look like and look like <laughs> Billy, Piper. Billy Piper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, Paul, that the, the chance of us getting any free tap from Big Chief Studios have just gone straight out the window there, isn't yes. it? So <laughs> Yeah, so um so there we go, there we go. Now um in other tech news, now this has come out, I think, yesterday actually. Um, there's um, some new, I don't know if you can call them new actually, but there's there's some new 5.5 inch uh, figure sets um, be, being released. Now I think these are from 
uh, the the uh, the usual the, the the usual people, which I for the life of me I can't bloody remember at the moment. Usually options, character options. That was all just character, what they're called now. Um, yeah, now they've released like four different sets. Now I don't know if they were, these were taken off of um, old mouldings and are made to look like recent figures but the um some of them are, are sort of straying into dapple territory here with with the quality hmm. actually because um the other thing as well these are ex- apparently exclusive um sets to a shop called bnm um which is a a, a range of um I sort of like i don't the best way to describe them they sell all sorts of things very very cheaply let's just yeah. say that so um I think my kids call it the bum shop, so that, that's how seriously we take it. So, um, so first up, we've got a um, the twelfth, I think, the twelfth Doctor's uh, collector's set. Um, now, this features Missy as seen in the episode Extremis, uh, the twelfth Doctor as seen in, uh, in Face the Raven, and Bill as seen in episode um, series ten episode The Pilot. Um, now I think this the, the, I could describe the Missy figure uh, is Missy as played by Joan Crawford. Yes. Um, Peter Capaldi, <laughs> the, the Twelfth Doctor, as played by John Barrowman in a silver wig. Uh, and what the hell have they done to to the Bill Potts figure? <laughs> um. Yeah, it, it, the, the figure is an incredibly odd shape. That's yeah. what I'm going to say, and it doesn't. I mean, um, facially, I think, and, and the hair, it it it, it looks like. Um, Pearl Mackey, um, but if if I was Pearl Mackey and I had to sign off on that figure, I'd, I'd be sending it straight back to the design shop again. Um, yeah, you'd thought yeah. the face was the harder part to get as they yeah. moved the other two. Yes, exactly. So, but the thing is, though, um, and I'm going to be particularly picky here that the Twelfth Doctor um, is missing the waistcoat, so that I think this looks more like an old previous moulding that they've just turned into the velvet jacket because all the the 12th Doctor figures that I've seen have not included the waistcoat they've just literally gone for the coat and a plain shirt underneath yeah so um, it's not screen accurate that's what I'm going to say um, no idea on price at the moment but I'm imagining that um, if the B&M um, shop said they would be quite reasonably priced actually yeah so um but anyway, so next up we have a Third Doctor and TARDIS set. Um, apparently this is the um, Third Doctor seen in the Time Monster. Um, now, it, it look, kind of looks like Pertwee. It kind of looks like the one that's in the, 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 the previously released um, figures of, yeah. of, of, of the Third Doctor. Now, the, the TARDIS in this particular picture is nowhere near screen accurate um, because it has um, a black base for some reason. It's, it's a light pale blue in colour as well. However, I have seen another photograph released and it does look more in keeping with what it looks like on the on the television. Yeah. So so maybe this photo we're looking at here is, is a bit misleading. So, um, But, you know, it, it and looks like... And the base is anything, really, isn't it? I mean, the, that's not... Yeah, I think someone on Twitter, I think it might have been Clayton Hickman actually, sort of hypothesised that they looked at a screenshot um, of the of, of the Time Monster, uh, and it, in one particular shot, it does look like the TARDIS has got a black base to it. Yeah. 
So maybe they took it from that. But to be honest, it's not that hard to actually do a bit more research if the, if this is the case. So unless this was just like a the photos here are just like a, a a promo shot or something. Yeah. So we'll soon see when they're all uh, released in the uh, in the shops. So, um, but again, if it's reasonably priced, you yeah. know, I- yeah. You know, who, you know who who cares that much? Then we have a Lemph Doctor's collector set, um, which features Clara as um, or Clara as it um, Oswin Oswald of, uh, from um, some of the Daleks. Then Lemph Doctor's scene of the Snowman, Amelia Pond's as seen. Let's kill Hitler. Um, they look perfectly serviceable. These ones, don't they? Yeah. To be honest, I mean, I mean, looking at them, it's just a case of yeah. If these are, if you're buying these to play with. As yeah. opposed to put up on a shelf or something, and never take out of the box. The box, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're perfectly serviceable. Yeah, and exactly what you want. Yeah, I, 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 I completely agree with that. Completely agree with that. Now, lastly, we have a um, the nineteen seventies collector's set, um, which features the uh, the brigadier, as seen in uh, season seven. So he's got that um, rather. Jaunty little uh, uniform on, uh, which was I say non-army uh, uniform. Uh, the fourth Doctor is seen in the, in the talons of Wen Chiang, and um, an Alton Mark II as seen in Terror of the Altons. Um, yeah, they look okay. The yeah. Tom Baker one looks passable. Um, the Nicholas Courtney one looks passable, actually. Um, the Terror of the Altons one, though, uh, well, it, it could be. It could be a model of Duncan Goodshoe, for, for all I know, actually. So there's one for the kids. Um, but again, as you say, if they're just to play with, yeah, they're 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 fine, absolutely fine. So, um, but as I say, we've got no idea on cost at the moment. Um, but these are due late summer. So uh, I suppose just to sort of try and coincide with the the new series starting, yeah, I sort of peak peak the interest somewhat, yes. yeah. But. Uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a sort of a a, a mixed band and an eclectic mix. I'll, I'll probably say is probably uh, um, a bit yeah. I mean, bit more I mean, interesting choices to do as a as a sort of set. Yeah, and this could lead to other things. I, I'm assuming if if they sell well, then um, then maybe B and M will will um, ask for, ask for some more. So yeah. Who knows? Who knows with that one? So, uh, but anyway, so. They're spread all over Twitter and Facebook, so you, I, I don't think we'll bother putting up on the Facebook group, so um, you've probably seen them already. However, um, that is it for Tat Corner, and that is it for the news for this week. So coming up next, we finally talk about the Marion Conspiracy from Big Finish, so it just leaves me to say, for another week then, that was the news. Right, everybody, we are now going to talk about the Marrow Conspiracy from Big Finish. Considering her childhood, it's astounding that Elizabeth I became the greatest female ruler of modern times. Would whoever is making that ridiculous noise please stop it at once? Sorry, the safety of the entire planet could be at stake. Hmm. The Queen is anxious to see you as soon as you arrive. We have a fear that the baby may come forth early. Baby? 
To the Virgin Queen? A toast to her elf, I say, and any children that she may end up having. <laughs> to the Queen. Absolutely. To good Queen Bess. Doctor, Her Most Gracious Majesty, Queen Mary. Queen Mary? If they cannot step from the path of sin, then they will be purified in the flames. It's catching up in the, the nexus point. History. I'll cease to exist. Help me. Help. This country will be Catholic before my death, Doctor, and no man will stand in my way. I will wipe the Protestant scourge from every corner of England. And it's my turn to kick off proceedings. At least I remembered to do that this time. So yes. <laughs> after nearly a month of not recording, um, so I've, obviously we, we've had plenty of time to reflect um, on this story. So this should be full of witty insight <laughs> and pithy comments. <laughs> oh, or we could just be bored of it by now, having had to listen to it again. <laughs> okay, right. Well. Um, I'm straight off the bat. I absolutely loved this story. I really did. I enjoyed this so much. Um, we, we've we said previously uh, on this podcast that you know Evelyn Smythe is one of our favourite uh, Doctor Who companions, mainly because of the performance from Maggie Stables. And this is Evelyn Smythe's introductory story. Um, which before actually before I go any further, we always forget to do this. There will be spoilers. We will be discussing um, quite a few things about this, uh, say, because this was released in March two thousand. Yes. So, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that you say two thousand, and then you think what year it is now? Eighteen years ago. Yeah. That is bloody frightening. Um, yeah. So anyway, so there will be spoilers. So anyway, this is even Smy's introductory story, and it is uh, Big Finish's first original character. Um, or companion as well. So, yeah. what I should say. So, um, and I think from the off, I think that there's just such a great pairing, the Sith Doctor and Evelyn. Yeah, and I, and what was so nice was just to actually have a story that wasn't, which a purely historical story. Yeah, and that that's what I loved. I mean, the only sci-fi element to this was really how. Um, the, or the circumstances in which the Doctor and, and Evelyn meet, yeah, um, and also that their and their reason for going back in time. Which, if I'm going to have a moan, <laughs> go on, go on. Is the only bit that makes doesn't make sense. All right, go on, go on. Well, because you get the fact. Well, I mean, I I I took it from this that the thing actually that causes the problems with the timeline mm. is the fact that they turn up. It is, yeah. But isn't that like one of those? Um, isn't that like a, a paradox? Yeah. A boot was it? Were they quite a bootstrap paradox? What they they tried to explain in? Um, oh, that yeah, the one the, I can't remember the name of it. The um, was it under the lake? Whatever it was called. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, but if they don't, like I say, if they don't turn up, if if, if he doesn't go back, if there's not a problem with her in the first place, they don't go back. And if they don't go back, there's not a problem with her. But I think that's the that's the problem because in the past they do go back, don't they? So it has to happen in the future for them to yeah. go back. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's I think I think that would you could class that as a as a, an example of a bootstrap paradox. Hmm. Not sure, not sure. But no, I, I mean I I I bought it anyway. 
Um, I, yeah. I, I must admit, I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a problem with it. I've, I've got to be honest, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with any of this story whatsoever. No, I've, I honestly didn't. Um, as you say, this is technically a pure historical um, story, uh, which I know a lot of people don't generally like. Um, that I think they don't think they're the sort of like the most fondly remembered of the um, of the, you know the early years of Doctor Who. Um, people don't tend to jump into them. I know you, they hold the Crusade up there as and, and possibly Marco Polo as as the high examples. I think that's because we can't see them more than anything yeah. else. So um, I think they're sort that's, of... Up... That's just why this works. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I think, so I think they're sort of put up on a, on a pedestal somewhat. And then when you see things like the Romans, which is done as, as like a, a comedy. Um, so yeah, I'm just citing that as, a, as an example. So I, th- I think people don't generally sort of go for those. If they think I'm going to put on an episode of, you know, an old Doctor Who DVD from the Hartnell era... Um, I don't think people would generally pick up a, a, a pure historical. So I think so. But I think this, th- this is fantastic. Th- this yeah. really is brilliant. Um, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I'm all for them, actually, because I quite like them. Yeah. If you want to go back to sort of Aztec. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, I do. I do. Um, I, I think there's a lot of mileage. And I think sort of, and I, and I think there's those sort of certain rumours going around that the this, this current, this upcoming series of Doctor Who is just going to be historicals, um, but you know that's there's no um, concrete evidence for that anyway. So, uh, but I can't see. Maybe it will be. I don't know. Maybe it will be historicals with a sci-fi twist to it. But I mean, this this is proves though you well, can. I like the unicorn and the. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll skip over that one. Um, <laughs> I weren't that bad. Um, it's just the fact that a bloke turned into a wasp like that was a bit silly, but yes. <laughs> but anyway, um, getting back getting back to the American conspiracy. Yeah, I, I think that this just does prove if you've got a really good story, then you 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 can do if the story's strong enough, you can just do a pure historical and, and um, yeah, you know, and, and this was written by uh, Jacqueline Rayner, um, who has sort of written plenty. Um, for, for you know, for for big finish, um, previously, so um, you know, and also the Beneath Summerfield uh, range as well. So she's you know she's she she knows her stuff. Um, so to to tackle something like this, I th- I think was absolutely, I loved it. It was brilliant, and then it also sort of avoided that that pitfall of uh, you know again of going back to the time of um, you know go back to to Queen Victoria. That's Queen Victoria. What I talk about Queen Elizabeth the First. I really have got my history mixed up there, but without actually meeting her because they, they they she's around, but they come at the wrong the wrong point in time. Yeah, when Queen Mary's actually on the um, on the throne, and Mary so, being a, a much lesser televised and written about. Yeah, monarch. Yeah, you're absolutely right um, because she she was sort of like promoting the um, like the you know the the, the Catholic faith. And, and basically, you know, it was the sort of heretics were burnt at the stake, really, which, which sort of features um, or uses a threat quite, quite, <laughs> quite a lot through this story, to be honest. Um, and, and quite an interesting thing to, to, to really to base a episode around religion as much as anything. Yeah, 
Which the, is the, totally, the yes. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I like the fact that the the Doctor in this, he doesn't really... Um, how can I put it? It doesn't really sort of affect the outcome too much. I think it's, it's just the case he's got to keep history on track. Yeah. Really, rather than actually um, what something he does causes this point in history to happen. It's just sort of like, um, maybe, you know, you, you could argue that um, because he's there, it does happen. But, well, yeah, or, I mean, there's or, or not happen in this case, you know. Yeah. But um, it's, it's more to do with the fact that of what, um, because this, this is obviously, obviously even Smythe's first trip in the Tars, the first time she's met the Doctor, so she doesn't really understand the rules of time travel. No. So, um, yeah, so she sort of drops herself in it um, almost fr- fr- from the off. But but what I liked about it, though, she didn't sort of wander around with the Doctor initially at all. She He just went, well, I'm off to off to see, see the Queen. Um, well, I'm off to the tavern then. Yeah. You know, and sort of... So I, I really, I really did <laughs> She's a like character that. you can really associate with. Oh, God, yeah. She likes her <laughs> ale, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! So I just took a sip of a drink there, which was actually just water. I hasten to add. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, I, I just really like the story, and I like the the the, uh, the scenes between the Doctor and Queen Mary as well, and also between the Doctor and Lady Sarah. So I was going to say, was it the Queen's Lady in Waiting, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I, I just it was quite a, a, an introspective performance from Colin Baker. There actually, especially when he was talking about um, the, the whole nature of sort of like you know killing in in you know in what you say in the name of religion, and sort of the things that he's done, he's destroyed races, he's destroyed planets, and what he done yeah. is it, it was all meant to be for the greater good. Or and so by he, not, and by not doing anything, he's allowed. Yeah. And you know, is that? Yeah. So I like the fact he was sort of, he was questioning. Um, his own actions there um, as well. As much as he was question or trying to question um, Queen Mary's yeah. as well, he was he was trying to sort of get her to wake up and sort of, sort of realize that what these people were doing before she made the law wasn't illegal. Yeah, and, and now and now it is. Now she wants to burn them all at the state unless they convert to what she believes to be the one true faith. And and considering this was made like eighteen years ago, um, I think that the subject matter is still. Relevant, and I think will always be relevant. Yeah, to a certain degree, because I think there, <laughs> as much as you know that you know in these enlightened times, I think in certain religions, and I don't no, say certain religions, it's certain people who practice these religions will never ever agree with someone else who practices a different religion. Their, their their ideals and cultures will just, as far as they're concerned, will just not gel at all. Yeah. And and this is what this was Queen Mary's stance. Hmm. But yeah, you know, it was good that um, when they're talking to Leaf and Crow, to, yeah, yeah, that basically it's they're saying, yeah, no, no, she's got the right idea, just the wrong religion. Yeah, that's there it. Was, there yeah. wasn't a, an ideological, you know, that 
the people of this religion were were killers and the other religion weren't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like we're just not in power to do it ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but what I did like about the, the the Crown Leaf characters, though, they wanted to overthrow Queen Mary and put Elizabeth I um, on the throne, but they didn't want to kill the Queen. And when, when they found out what the one of the many plots that um, sort of rears rears their head in this to, to to kill the Queen, they're sort of they're they're, they're aghast at it, really, and they, they, that's not what they sort of uh, well their little rebellion, as far as they were concerned, that's not what it meant. Well, there was also, I mean, a certain amount of, even as bad as this was, there was a certain amount of respect there, as in um, the Reverend Thomas wouldn't have poisoned her while she was taking part in a religious act. Yeah. Even if he didn't believe in that religion, and wouldn't have killed her if she was pregnant. Yeah. But the... um... <laughs> the the bishop Francois de I can't pronounce his surname actually but uh, no he 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 was quite willing to um, sort of to, to kill off the queen wasn't he because it, it was all in yeah. his own interest it was nothing to do for him it was nothing to do with religion it was to do for it was for France mm. basically and and to break up the the English and Spanish alliance yeah well really. he was quite happy if if a Protestant queen took over as long as. It wasn't one that, well, it was less likely to want to join with with Spain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which was a Catholic country, and yeah, still is actually. So, um, yeah, I, I just he, he was sort of like he was really the hissable villain in all of this. Um, but what I, I did like the the whole thing of him just popping up a court with sort of like you know. The, I've just stopped a plot to kill the Queen, and it's just like a load, like you know, it's even his headache tablets, and it it, yeah. it comes back to that whole thing of them, as far as they're concerned, poison was poison. They didn't see that sort of like some poisons can actually cure if taken in small doses, which the doctor explains to them, and then actually helps to cure the Queen's um, malaise at the time as well. So. Um, yeah, I, I just like the fact that he was—he was constantly sort of—he was almost like a, a like a, a like a Dick Dastardly sort of yes. character, wasn't he? Really. But I say, I mean, brilliantly played by Barnaby Edwards, though. Um, he was, he was really good, um, and also Nicholas Pegg was really good as, as Reverend Thomas as well. Yeah, well, yeah, um, you, do, you do get the feeling he just needed the circular bomb, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Coming out of. <laughs> oh dear. No, I thought I thought it had to look like a birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you 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 watched far too much wacky races, didn't you? <laughs> oh god. No, I I I you know it, it's a difficult it's it's not a story you can sort of talk a lot about because the the the, the plot itself is fairly um fairly slight to a certain degree. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's it, totally character-driven, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, it's spread over four episodes. And if you think, oh, God, not a lot happens over four episodes. And if you haven't listened to this, um, I think you will be very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Actually, because the the, the characters in this are so well-written and so well-acted uh, that it just carries it through. And in no time at all, you're at the end. Yeah. And and to be honest, I was actually um, sort of secretly 
not secret, I was you know, actually quite pleased to be able to listen to it again in order to, to, to record this evening. Yeah. And, and you have honest. sympathy for all the characters. You do. That's the thing, isn't it? That is the thing. Even uh, Barnaby Edwards' character, I'm now just going to call the yeah. Bishop. Um, Bishop. Yeah, he's um, yeah. Even at the end, you 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 do sort of like feel, kind of feel sorry for him. There is some sympathy there. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's it's a really really well constructed story, and then yeah. to actually have sympathy and feel something for all of the characters at the end. Um, I, th- I think well played. I really do. Well played. Yeah, yeah. Because you'd say the Reverend Thomas would be the bad guy, but he's only doing it because he fears that, well, not only he but people of his f- his fellow faith will gonna are gonna be killed by her. So mm. he feels he has to stop her. And then at the end, when he has the chance to maybe save himself by naming others, he refuses. Yeah. Exactly. So he's he's really like a man of of principle, yeah. Really, um, and I think that's why that's why I like the the uh, the crown leaf characters as well because they they sort of they were all sort of swept up on it, but they were sort of um, they had no control. They were sort of like the commoners, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, Those again, they, 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 they was they was sort of fearing for themselves. Yeah, but you know, if they, if they as far as they were concerned, if they could just get. Mary out the way and Elizabeth on the throne, and that was fine. They didn't really care what they didn't really want ill on Mary. They just wanted her out of power. Yeah, precisely, precisely. So, but no, I, I, I mean, I, um, as a, I mean, let's talk about um, sort of like the, the the main leads in this. I mean, Colin Baker, as I said, it was quite a retrospective, um, introspective, sorry, uh, performance. Um, from in this one, and it wasn't the usual Sixth Doctor bluster and bombast, really, was it? It was. It was well, quite a. It was quite a sort of like a restrained Sixth Doctor. Well, to be honest, we've, we've sort of liked that one. That's one of the things what we've actually liked about the Evelyn Smythe Doctor stories so far, mm. isn't it? Is the fact that she tends to rein him in. Yes, she does, and 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 I say this is her first time. She does it from the beginning, doesn't she? Yeah. I mean, her character comes pretty fully rounded in this, doesn't it? It's not, oh, no gods, yeah, yeah. So, and like I say, yeah, and I think, yeah, I think he's very much there and realizing that, you know, you've got to tread carefully. Yeah, and yeah, and she and she is much more the the the, the louder one of the two, really. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, she is. Yeah, she is, but. Um... Well, that's what I, that's what I you know I like about her, but it's not. Um, she's the louder of the two, but it's not. How can I put? It? She doesn't overshadow the Doctor, if you yeah. see what and, I mean. And, she, and, com- and, and, she compliments the Doctor. Yeah, and there's no damsel in distress. Oh God, no! In it, it's like it's like the bit towards the end when they, they when they uh, jump off that boat on the Thames. Yeah, and he's always slightly inelegant and. Um, when 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 um, even Swan jumps off first, and he tries that this is how you do it, and it probably falls in the water. So yeah, um, yeah, she she's <laughs> she often gets like even things like she often gets sort of like occasionally sort of gets the upper hand on on the on the doctor in in a, in a few scenes, you know. And the bit before that, the the little in joke, weren't it about the she couldn't run because of her knees. <laughs> knees, it's usually ankles. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I forgot about that. That, that, was, that was good. That was good. But um, no, I, I say, I mean, we've mentioned Nicholas Pegg and Barnaby Edwards um, as there. I think um, Joe Castleton as Lady Sarah, she was really good as well. And again, especially when she was sort of like those little two-handers with, with Colin Baker. Yeah. Um, and I think also as um, Anna Ruddin um, as, as Queen Mary, um, again, the sort of the the the, the sort of the, the two handers with with Colin Baker again were 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 brilliant actually, and also Maggie Stables with the um, Sean Jackson and Jez Fielder as Crone Leaf. And yeah, she I mean, she she just slotted in perfect with those two as well. Yeah, I mean as as we've said, I mean the fact is the whether you agree or or perhaps sympathise maybe a, a strong word, but at least you sort of get an understanding of where their reasoning comes from. Yeah. Um, you know, not to condone anything that happens in history like that, but no, you know, but there is just a, a question of this is not, you know, they're not portrayed as no, nobody in this is really portrayed as incredibly evil. No, they they um, both. I mean, both and, and everyone plays that part well. Every, yeah, know, there, there isn't there isn't anyone that slips into. Well, that's the pantomime that, villain. No, thing. no, I think I think that that is the you know. The thing about religious argument, because both sides will feel that what they're doing is is, is right, they yeah. don't believe they're doing anything wrong, um, and I think this is what this story conveyed, really. Yeah. Both sides, you know, either side believed that they were they were right. They they thought that their religion was the one true religion, um, and they were never going to see eye to eye on it, you know. No. But but I think what what I did like about this was that there was no Certainly, from certain courts, there was no intention of killing the head of technically the head of the church, which was no. which was the queen at the time. It was just basically to sort of imprison her and, and put Elizabeth, a Protestant queen, on the throne. Yeah, and and that was it. So the thing is, it probably would have all started over again with them beheading Catholics or something. I don't know. So, yeah. but that's that. That's the thing. So yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, like I said, as we said earlier, we had the the fact that. They didn't disagree with the fact that heretics should be burnt. It was just through they had a difference of opinion of who was the heretic. Yeah, precisely. But I think that I think that it was it was handled well. I mean, I mean, I think if you're looking for a story where there, there are clear, clear good guys and clear bad guys, um, then I would say this story isn't for you. No, because there are no good guys and no bad guys in this. To be honest, they they're just people. If I'm perfectly honest, you know, people with with their their own set of beliefs and ideals. Yeah, and I quite like the little Smith twist as well. Yeah, through it as to who her well, ancestor was. Well, particularly particularly when she thought the Doctor was her great great yeah. great 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 grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was quite a good one. But uh, no, I I, I I did like the reveal of that as well. I thought it was it was quite, yeah. it was very sort of cleverly done, and it wasn't um you know. I, mean, I didn't find it immediately apparent. I didn't sort of guess it right from the beginning, um, no. as, you, as you sometimes can with these things. It's sort of like it, it, I just, I just, in, I hate saying, you know, the, the journey of the story. I just, I just went, I just went along for the ride, and I enjoyed the ride with, yeah. with this story. That, that's you know, yeah. I mean, they, they they concealed the information from you long enough for you to that when they revealed it, it became a oh right, okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they did it again. <laughs> when we find out who the real Smith is, 
Yeah. And it so, just it just sort it's like oh yeah, you know, it just it just makes sense. Yeah. It makes a hell of a lot of sense. So um Yeah, I, I, obviously that did actually work better in audio form. Because they could disguise the look of Reverend Thomas much easier on audio than you could have done in the film. Yes, exactly. And and uh, who his secret contact was. Yeah. Um in the uh, in the Queen's Court. So yeah. Yeah, so I think the other thing um, I liked about this as well uh, was I liked the use of sound in this. You did feel you were back in those Tudor times. Just, just the, 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 yeah. the, the, the use of sound in, in the background and everything, which I thought was um, really, really well done. Um, and the music as well, actually. It, it definitely had a, 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 certainly had a, a Tudor feel to it rather than sort of like a... Trying, trying to capture a, a, it didn't um, sort of capture a Doctor Who feel, if you know what I mean. No, it was more like, okay, this is set in Tudor times. Let's have some Tudor themed music. Yeah, uh, which it, I which I really enjoyed. Yeah, it wasn't trying to ape any. No, it wasn't. Uh, previous it wasn't. Doctor Who music. No, no, not at all, not at all. So um, no, I mean for the, for for me. Um, Actually, just looking uh, a bit more in the background of this particular story, this was the sixth story released by Big Finish. So, yeah, um, yeah brilliant. I, I, I loved it. I've got to say, I, it was, this was brilliant, and I absolutely loved it. And I really highly recommend it to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, and, and quite a, a, a brave thing to do to put a historical one out that early in your... Yes, yes, your story indeed. ...storyline. And with and when you're bringing in a totally new companion, so you've really only got the Doctor as a as a known person. Yeah, precisely. And no, you don't know how of, people are going to take to her. Yeah, no. And, um, and but you know what? Just historical. So yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really quite refreshing because I know sort of like modern Doctor Who does. They set you know it, they're kind of historicals, but there's always like an alien influence to the story. Yeah. Um, whereas this, you just got this nexus point that the doctor's trying to track down. And it, as it turns out, Evelyn Smythe is the nexus point. Um, yeah. But that's as far as it goes. And and the whole mystery is why, what what is happening. So they they go back and get caught up in in, in the court of Queen Mary, and so sort of and keep history on, on its tracks basically. One one last point. I'll yes. Make on this, the very ending. Fires of Pompeii. Ah, yeah. Now I'm glad you reminded me. I was I was going to say that as well. Yeah. Um, I've never, ever, you know, obviously people. But obviously uh, preceding. It's that. preceded fires of Pompeii, where basically the Doctor's companion begs the Doctor to go back and save somebody. Yeah. And in this case, so per- yeah, be insignificant and won't. You know, save them because you can. Yeah. Because we said we would. Yeah. Not because of any other reason, not because of a grand scheme of things or anything like that. No, it was just sort of like, you know, as you say, because they could save them. Yeah. And that was it. Because I wasn't even sure on that as to whether when she was saying she uh, a headache was there. Yeah. Was returning, so they hadn't set everything right. Whether she was just saying that. I think she was because at the end, yeah, because the doctor said to her, oh, "How's your headache now?" Like, oh, it's fine. Like that's the way she said it. Yeah. I thought, yeah, that that was a ruse. I think that was definitely yeah. a ruse. 
Yeah. She'd worked out that was the only way she was, you know, she could make him do it. Yeah. So yeah, I I huh. say that that was um yeah I think the farce of Pompeii did did rip that what I say rip it off riff on that yeah quite quite a bit actually so and be interesting to know whether obviously the writer of that or or whether you know whether that actually comes from the writer or whether that came from Russell T Davis or whatever the you know was that written having listened to to this yeah you know was it an idea that was in the back of the head for oh that's quite a nice I quite like that as an idea to go back and I'm trying get to think doctor, I'm, get the companions th- get the doctor to save one person yeah I'm now trying to think who wrote Files of Pompeii let's google it live it was, it was James <laughs> Moran James Moran okay there you go there you go yeah maybe listen to this thing <laughs> Okay. Right. No, no, that's the absolutely right. Absolutely right. Yeah, what it was, it was a a, a total um, riff on on this particular story. Um, yeah, I, I must admit, I haven't got anything else to to really say about this. You know, again, just to reiterate that it's, this is a, a absolutely fantastic story, and please go and listen to it if you haven't done already. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, um, should we should we um, leave that there then? Yes, I think. Yes. So. Okay. Okay. Right now. Um, on our next episode, now we, we don't usually, as you know, uh, we don't usually mention um, what episode number uh, we're, we're currently at. And it was something that we were quite conscious of, of, of not doing, wasn't it, when, when we started this um, this um, this podcast up all those years ago. Yeah. So, um, but our next episode it's a, it is a bit of a milestone. It is our 300th episode um let, let me just say it's the 300th episode in our main range as i'm yes. gonna say <laughs> it's excluding all the all the vidcasts and the little special podcasts we, we, we've Companion done over the years Chronicles. yeah exactly yeah I- ignoring all of them um this is our 300th um episode of our main range so um we asked um i put a couple of polls out there on twitter and facebook and said you know should we do something special um, for our uh, 300th episode? And um, I'm glad to say the overwhelming response was, yes, we should do something special. Um, <laughs> the overwhelming response was, are you still going? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, so we so we are. Now, um, as, as in the case these things where we tend to um, celebrate, because we didn't really celebrate our seven years of podcasting either, did we? So we're actually right. sort of... Um, Tying the two to go, it's our three hundredth episode, and we're so we just finally threw the mirror away. Didn't yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that means uh, what we're going to be doing, we're going to be doing a uh, a special commentary, uh, which um, means the return of Tony uh, to the podcast. Um, last time you heard him was at uh, our Christmas um, episode when we did Kane on and Company. Yes. So, um, but what are we going to be performing a commentary on? Well, we're going to be um, Doing something non canonical, aren't we? Um, yes. Because we are going to go to be doing the Peter Cushing film Doctor Who and the Daleks, which I am really looking forward to doing. Yes. If I'm perfectly honest. I'm just looking forward to watching it again. Same again, actually. <laughs> I wish we were doing both of them. If I'm perfectly honest with you. So. <laughs> well, but well, uh, there's always the six hundred. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's that. That'll be after fourteen years of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Or oh, if yeah. we keep having months off after twenty-two but, years of yeah. <laughs> oh dear! 
Yeah. So yeah. So um, that's what we're going to be doing to, to celebrate our three uh, hundredth um, episode. So there, there we are. So I hope you're going to be looking forward to that one as well. We certainly are. So um, good. So until next time, then. Um, so obviously that obviously just reiterate that will be out in a week after next as well. So over the in the UK, it's the uh, the bank holiday weekend is when yes. we'll, we'll be sort of recording and uh, putting that one out on on your feeds. So there we are. So I think that just about uh, wraps up this particular episode then. So it just leaves us to say uh, goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Who's he?